So for today's episode, I decided to actually record one of the personal mentorship coaching calls that I have on a weekly basis with some of my clients. Uh, there was some great information that came up in the call, and I figured I'd share it with the rest of the audience. If you're interested in a personal mentorship, you can find that on my website at kylemarka.com coaching. It's a great opportunity to get started in real estate to really get a backbone, and we dive extremely deep into multifamily, the specifics, um, and even some mindset things just to get you oriented properly. So in this episode, we really get into why commercial is better than residential and the differences between them both. So we talk a lot about how commercial real estate is valued, how to actually make your commercial investment more valuable by raising the income and reducing the expenses. And I even give some specifics on how to do those two things. So if this is something you guys are interested in going forward, please let me know. I'd love to keep releasing these. I think it's great content for everybody. And again, if you're interested in personal mentorship, that is available at kylemarka.com coaching. Um, and then another huge benefit is the scale. So a little example that I'm going to give you is like, first of all, in commercial real estate, the bigger you are, the more income you have to support a full-time manager. So you don't have to be there all the time. But the other big benefit is that since the scale is bigger, you know, your profit's so much bigger and you have room for mistakes. So let's say that you have a duplex and it profits about, you know, 350 bucks a month. That's pretty much what you're going to get from a duplex. Yeah. So let's say you, the AC breaks in the duplex, that's going to cost you four grand. That is uh, that's about 4,000 divided by 350. It's 11 months of profit. So basically you've lost one year of work just because your yeah. AC broke. ACs break, shit breaks. So yeah, if you, yeah, shit breaks, people break things, you know. It's a, exactly. It's people break things. Though. That's another great point is like, you know, people <laughs> can break your refrigerator and then, you know, so that's why like the smaller the property, the more risk you have for someone exactly. like random that. So mm-hmm. another huge reason to go as big as possible because you'll just have more room. But I'd say like the most important reason and the biggest difference and the thing that we're going to focus on today is the fact that the properties in commercial are valued based on the profit of the deal, not based on the area, not based on how cute your cabinets are, not based on how cute your floors are. It's based on how much net operational income does it produce. And the term for that is just NOI. So people, yeah. you'll hear that a lot. It's NOI. The actual value is the value formula is net operational income divided by the cap rate equals the purchase price. <laughs> That's cute dog. So basically it's um, the cap rate and the NOI are all that your value is going to come from. And your cap rate is essentially just what people think the market is at. And that's just established based on the brokers in the area and also the risk that is perceived in the market. And the lower yep. the cap rate is, the higher the value is going to be. So it's an inverse relationship. Whereas the cap rate goes up, the prices go down. And as the cap rate goes down, the prices go up. You know, it's divisible by your profit. So if you, if you raise the profit of the deal, you raise the purchase price. So that's the, that's the beautiful thing. It's like um, an example that I'm going to use here is like, if you have 100 units and yep. you raise and you raise the income $100 per door. So all you do is you raise the rent $100 every unit. Then yep. you've actually, you know, you've raised the the overall income 120,000 per year because you know 100 times yep. 100 times 12. And then um that on a 6 cap, which is pretty much the average. So what you'd do is you would take 120,000 divided by 0. 0.06 cuz it's 6% and that comes out to 2 million. Exactly. So you added $2 million of, of value that you, so you basically made $2 million. All you did was raise the rent a hundred bucks. See, that's it. That's what I like. So yeah. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty huge. The fact that, you know, if you find a unit that is renting hundred dollars below market, uh, you find a whole complex that's just below market because the owner isn't keeping up to date, which is super frequent. 
Well, then yeah. all you have to go buy the whole complex and raise the rents to market, which in this scenario is a hundred dollars above what they're currently charging. Well, yeah. boom, you've just added $2 million of value on a hundred unit complex, which means now you can go and refinance potentially. And you can take that $2 million profit that you just made yourself and you can go buy another deal while you still own this deal. So now you deploy the $2 million profit and you go buy an $8 million deal while you're running the deal that you have now. So now it starts to snowball because then you add a hundred dollar value per door on the new one you just bought yes. and, you make, and you raise the value there and you take that money out and you go buy another one. So that's the really cool thing is because like if you can figure out a way to engage these money partners and yep. purchase a commercial deal, then you're going to have the ability to, you know, use that as a snowball or a springboard to continue to refinance and use the money over and over again to continue to buy new deals. And all you have to do is raise profit. Exactly. Right. So you, you just want to see where you can add value. Um, and adding value just means again, being able to raise profit. And that once again, comes down to yeah, raising the income. The bottom line or, you know, raise the top. So exactly. Boom. So cool. yeah, simple, simple business, which is really fun. Right. Cause it's like, um, it's you know, like, a couple on a chessboard. Exactly, dude. And it's the funnest thing in the world because you're creating value so quickly and it's in your control. It's not, it's not, again, it's not about if this new homeowner who's just a married couple, they want to come buy your single family yeah, house. You know? Oh, it just doesn't feel right. Okay. Yeah. What the fuck? How what, do I, you know, what, what do I do right? there? Yeah. So it's just yeah. like, no one's going to say that on the purchase, pro on the purchase side of things, they're going to say, how much does your building make? And you say, oh, well, it makes 120 grand more than it did last year. Okay, awesome. I'll buy it. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah. oh, your backsplash isn't cute enough. So no. that's, the, yeah. that's okay. the power. Very cool. So then some tips on how to raise your income. Um, you have the obvious, which is rent. And the way that you really figure out rent is you go in secret shop the units around when we, we call the apartment down the street from the one we're going to buy. And we say, Hey, I'm interested in renting. Can I come take a, can I come tour? Well, you yeah. go and you tour and you see exactly what they're charging in rent and you see exactly what their unit looks like. Because when you have a similar unit to theirs, then you know, you can get exactly the same rent because it's on the same street. So you just walk it, you know what yours looks like. And then you see theirs and you, you say, okay, secret, what? secret shop is, is the, is the term, I guess. But yeah, you, you just do that with three or four properties around the one you're thinking about buying. And then you basically just copy what they're doing. And then if you do what they're doing, then you can charge the same rent. And from there, you know, yeah, that's how you see that you have a lot of value to add. And you know exactly what to do on your renovation plan too, because you're literally just going to copy what's already working. You're not going to try to reinvent the wheel. You're not going to yeah. over renovate. You're just going to do exactly what they did, the bare minimum to get the rent um, to where you want it to be. Um, okay. And then once you've kind of, so now you've understood the rent part. Now it comes into one of the better, the better parts to raise income is called RUBS, R-U-B-S. And it stands for ratio utility billing system. Um, and that's just over complicated, but basically all it's saying is that you're going to bill back the tenants for utilities. Um, and there's softwares that basically just take the total um, utility expense and it divides it by the square footage of each unit. And yeah. then it gives them a proportional amount of the utilities that they owe on a monthly basis. Okay. Split. All right. Cool. And that's huge because now it's also cutting your expenses while it's making you money. Because let's say you had to pay a hundred grand a year on utilities. Well, now you've divided that by a hundred and you're paying and making the mirror walls pay that. So now your expenses have been cut by a hundred thousand and they, you also raised your income by a hundred thousand. So it's a, Boom. it's a Bottom huge, huge. And then um, 
The other little tricky way, and this is the one that people don't talk about, is the fee structure. And it actually ends up raising the whole income about 5 to 10%, which is, it seems small, but it, it actually ends up adding up quite a bit. So, um, you know, because 10% income can be anywhere around 50 to 60 grand a year. And then we just showed you the math on the other exactly. one. That's about a million dollars of value, right? So to start charging move-in fees instead of security deposits, the reason that we do these non-refundable yeah. move-in fees is because um, when you do a security deposit, it's not your money, right? It's the tenant's yeah, money being held in escrow. So you can't count that towards your bottom line. It's technically no one's money. It's just held in an escrow account. And then also on the move out process, you usually have a really hard time getting that money from the tenant if they've made, if they made damages and there's an argument and there's a settlement and it yeah. takes forever. <laughs> yeah. So, so we completely cut that out. We were like, okay, well, I don't want to deal with all the headache. I don't want to have an escrow account that I have to have open and keep track of and keep on my books and all this other BS. Um, I want to just take half of that. So if I have a thousand dollars security deposit, I'll just cut it in half. It's okay. $400 non-refundable non move-in fee. So now yeah. the tenant needs less money up front, which is they like. And then also yeah. we don't have to fight when they move out. Yeah. And people don't, people don't even think the deposit's their money anyways. Like usually when people get the deposit back, they celebrate, which is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, people don't realize it, right? It's their freaking money, but they don't even know. They've already mentally given it away. Yeah. So we just, as a move-in fee, and we just make it a smaller expense because That's they're already conditioned to give it away anyway. So it's like, if we can add to our bottom line and we can reduce a headache in the business, which is arguing about security deposits, then boom, we've made money and we've solved the problem. Absolutely. So that's Especially if you have, you know, how many units, how many people exactly. are you going to fucking deal with? Exactly, dude. A hundred times 400 is I, I think almost 40 grand, right? Something like that. So decent amount of uh, value added right there. Um, and that's just the moving fee. Then we also do application fees. And this is another huge thing where it sounds kind of a stickler up front, but the thing is it, it makes sure that nobody is going to come and ask to apply. That's not serious. They're not, you know, if you just keep hitting the reply, but like the apply button on apartments.com on like 15 units in the area, because you just want to see what's when they give you the best price. Well, then you've wasted our time because we have to run a background check on you to make sure you're not a criminal so that you can live in our community. And that costs us like probably 15 bucks a person. So we charge about 30 bucks uh, application. We just make 15 bucks every application and we get, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 100 applications a month. So, you know, that times 15, it ends up adding up. And yeah, it's, man, it's absolutely. So just a lot of different little fee structures. Um, what's another one here? Move-in fee, application fee. And then we have a, a late fee policy that I think most people enact, but it's, it's definitely valuable where after three days, your rent increases, I believe 10%. So you have a 10% fee of your actual rent and that's a three day window. And that's just for that yeah. month. Exactly. Just for that yeah. month. And there's a lot of late payments. That's one of the most, uh, the biggest issues, but it makes everyone's life way harder when they pay late. So like, Absolutely. Hey, can we just make sure that you pay on time? Um, and if yeah. you don't, we're going to, there's no exceptions. There's just a flat rule. So now that we've moved on from fees, rubs and rent, the other, the last one for income is called other income. And it's it typically what falls under this is like laundry, vending machines um, and things like that. I don't own the machines because I don't want to employ a maintenance man because machines break. So I yeah. have a, I have a contract with another um, company that basically they own the machines. They come and they service the machines all free of cost. The only thing they charge is we split the actual monthly income, uh, 60, 40 in favor of me. So I make 60% of the income. They make 40, um, but they come and they fix everything and they own the, so they'll replace the machines. They'll fix the machines. Um, and you know, they, it's, it's, everything's on to them. Because, so you know, it's, 
Yeah. Just as we were talking, time and money and both. Exactly. <laughs> but those, like you're saying, the little amenities that you're going to be adding, like that's a full other business that you're adding. Right exactly. There. So now let's move on to how to lower your expenses um, because that's the flip side of this. Yeah. And, you know, number one is the rubs that we talked about. So just billing back those utilities. Um, and then number two is looking at a T12, which is the trailing 12 months. I think we talked about it a little bit in the last call we had, um, which is just basically the, the profit and loss statement for the last 12 months. And the way that you're going to see that there's a big glaring um, inefficiency or a number that's way too high is that you're going to have to start understanding what the market averages are. But like, if you know that in Toronto, it's going to cost you 40 grand a year to employ a manager. When you go and look at a deal and you see that they're paying their manager 60 grand, you're going to know that they're paying him too much. But yeah. until you kind of underwrite a couple deals and see where everyone's at, you yeah. won't really be able to tell. But once yeah. you start understanding like where the market is, it'll stick out like a sore thumb yeah. because the first deal I did, um, I knew that the market was about 35 grand a year for a manager and they were paying the guy 90,000 a year. Really? And I was like, well, that's, you know, fantastic for me. Cause I'm going to come buy this and hire a normal person for 35 yeah. grand. But I wouldn't even have known that if I didn't already know the averages, but yeah. then kind of like a, a, a finesse or a more expert in the business tip would be the trash is usually like one of the things that, is the most expensive and it's purely because people just don't have the time to negotiate trash contracts, which makes total sense. But the thing is, well, a lot of people will go with waste management in America yep. at least, which is the big WM. Do you guys have yep, that in Canada? Same thing. Yeah. So they have some of the most egregious like um, contracts in the entire industry. And if you ever see the big WM on your trash can as you're walking the property to buy it, make sure that you just take a mental note that you're going to need to get a new trash provider because what they do is they have it escalate every single year and you get locked into like these 10 year contracts and they just really, keep eh? raising the trash expense every year. For them. <laughs> exactly. So they crush because like nobody has the time or a lot of people don't have the time or they don't even think about it because there's just so much going on that they don't even think about the trash. Like, oh, fuck it. Just get waste management. I've heard of them before. And then they yeah. end up getting screwed. So you can end up like cutting trash expense somewhere about like 20 to almost $30,000 a year. If you just do it correctly, if you just find the lowest person in your research. market, exactly. Just, so just making sure that you do a little research in Toronto, maybe asking um, some people who they use for trash um, because you know, you can really end up almost getting half off because essentially the way I break this program down is like, obviously you have to get the basics, which is a lot of the stuff we just talked about. Um, and you're a lot more privy to real estate than most people that I coach. So it's a little bit easier to get you through the basics. Yeah, this is going to be really good. Like it's going to, it's yeah. going to, we're going to build a lot of momentum really quickly. And, uh, and I'm just going to be, I'm going to do a lot of studying and, little, you know, brush myself up on all this basics. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, uh, I, I really see this can, can pick up quickly. Because, uh, so the overarching idea of how I break this down is like, you got to understand how do you even know if a deal is worth like pursuing? How do you know a deal is a deal? Um, yes. And then from there, you know, you now you've established, okay, I understand what a deal is when I see it. So now you got to understand how, okay, well, how do I find one? And then how do I buy one? And then how do I get a loan for one? And then how do I um, actually run it now that I own it? And then how do I sell the thing? So that's kind of the way that I break it down, just overview. Um, so right now I kind of want to move into how the hell do I even know if a deal is a deal? Cool. And that's, and that's typically number one is you're going to need to know 
the market. So as you see, I ended the video a little bit early. We get into some stuff about markets and how to actually understand the averages in your markets. Um, but obviously that's just for him as a personal mentorship client. And if you are interested in being mentored by me, you can find that on kylemarkcom slash coaching. That's a great program. And we walk you through the basics. The outline of the program is actually available on the webpage. So you can see exactly what we'll be walking through. Um, and it breaks down about seven sections of things that we're going to go over. And you also have the benefit of being able to send me all the deals that you ever look at and have a second set of eyes and kind of get my analysis as well as your own. So I hope you guys enjoyed this clip from my coaching call with Nathan. I think it was a great opportunity for you guys to get some more in detail information about commercial real estate and how it's valued, how to actually change that value yourself, and then some other things to look into as well. So if you're interested in learning more about markets, learning more about the process, again, that's available at kylemarket.com slash coaching. I hope you guys sign up. It's a really good opportunity. Thank you for listening.